Do you want to secure exclusive expert insight? We've commissioned a research piece with Shift Research to discover the state of account-based marketing in APAC. The finished report will give all B2B marketers across APAC a better understanding of how top firms are leveraging account-based marketing and the results they're getting within the region. We have a short survey you can access at xgrowth.com.au forward slash survey, which allows you to participate in this research. Your contribution is super important, even if you're not actively working on your ABM strategy. As a thank you for participating, we'll send you an early access version of the report and an invite to an expert Q&A webinar. To get started, head to xgrowth.com.au forward slash survey. That's xgrowth.com.au forward slash survey. Public contributions are about to end, so head there today to secure your early access. Each episode, we bring you B2B leaders to learn about their successes, fouls, and what's working for them in the market. If you enjoy the show, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify and share this podcast with a friend. That's enough from me. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to Brett Chester, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Deputy, about customer-led growth and how you should go about implementing it in your organization. On that note, let's dive in. Brett, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. I'm super excited to talk about this. I think, you know, there's a lot of hype in the market about product-led growth, PLG, that's the abbreviation on, on feel, I feel like every SaaS marketer's uh, top list of words that they're going to be using. But what is, what is customer-led growth? You know, how do you, how do you define that? Yeah. Look, I think customer-led growth or customer-led marketing is something that I'm trying to coin in lieu of there being anyone else out there thinking about it or even talking about it. The reality is, is that every single day, you have advocates of your business walking around and talking about the benefits of your platform to any number of people, right? There are also detractors in some instances talking about your business to any number of people. We know that the power of social existed early on as a result of the, the multiplier effect you get from engaging with you know, n number of people and then them hearing that message. The same methodology or the same thought needs to apply to our marketing. So I put it to each and every one of you out there that how much are you thinking about using your customers as part of your growth strategy, as part of your marketing strategy, as part of your sales strategy? And if the answer comes back and you go, oh, then you, you probably need to start thinking a little bit more about customer-led growth or customer-led marketing. Because the reality is, is that you, know, you shouldn't be shipping anything when it comes to either sales enablement materials or customer-facing materials without your customer's stamp of approval or advocacy behind it. Would you also define it as, because there is also the term customer marketing, right? Where, where it's about marketing to your existing customers and expanding, it's, it's really around like uh, customer expansion, account expansion, so on and so forth. This is not that, right? This, you're not talking about this, is that correct? Yeah, spot on. And I wish there was a better way to define this. But, you know, like as an example, if I am on this podcast right now and I fail to mention some of our amazing customers, then I haven't done my job. And it's not about marketing to customers. It's about marketing about them, about mm. their wins, about their successes, 
and really positioning everything that you do through the lens of your customers' glasses, if you will. The reality is, is that we speak to people too much and we don't speak with them, if that makes sense. So what, what I'm really saying is that you know, we need to be able to show everything that we do through the eyes of our understanding of what our customers needs and who better to highlight and celebrate those things that we do really well than our customers. Customer-led growth, everybody. You heard it here first. Where should people start implementing? I'm going to go ahead. CLG, where should where should people start? Uh, how, how would I, as a marketer, kind of even, even begin with the implementation of uh, customer-led growth? Yeah, look, I think the root of all of this starts with having a really awesome product marketing function. Your product marketers should be, you know, like, and I say to our product marketers all the time, like, what's the measure of your success? Because it's hard to numerically tie a product marketer to a a number. So let's give a fluffy metric. And it's like the number of shout outs that your sales team gives to you. I couldn't have done this without product marketing, right? So a great product marketing team is great because they understand the customer that they're servicing. Now, that's an internal customer. Hey, what does my sales team need? Or an internal customer, hey, what does my product team or, 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 or CX team need? But equally at the same time, it's about understanding the big, broad world of prospects and customers alike that are out there in the world that are telling us, hey, this is the insight that's going to change the game for your business. So starting with a really awesome understanding of either customer research or product marketing or both all combined into one, a good customer advisory board, but really understanding what it is that makes your customer tick. Good ICPs, good personas. And then once you've established that, go out and meet your customers. Join them for a beer, wear your branded t-shirt, see what happens when you walk into the room, right? Like if I walk into a deputy customer and they see the logo on my shirt, they go, you're from deputy. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So, you know, the, the reality is, is that you're going to get a pretty good response from your customers as you engage with them as to you know, how excited they are to talk about you or not. So really get out there, establish your PMM function, understand your customer's insights. Next step, actually find your advocacy base. Understand who those folks are. Like look for measures like high NPS, look for new customers that have signed up for certain reasons and then dive into those reasons and map those reasons and insights back to your product release roadmap, back to your sales enablement materials, back to your content generation, back to your keywords if you're bidding in search, back to your organic and really start to map and correlate who your advocates are, what and why they're interesting, and then try and determine how to distribute those learnings via those channels that you've mapped to. And that's how you'll start to realize, hey, guess what? If I have a customer testimonial, we all know the power of customer testimonials, but if I have a video, if I have a logo, if I have a clip, like we know these things intuitively already. That's why our landing pages have logos on them, right? But it's just a logo. We don't sell or buy from logos. 
we buy from people and we buy from stories and we buy from experiences. And that's what customer-led growth is all about sharing. It's about sharing experiences. It's about humanizing sales cycles. And it's about creating an understanding of your customers and being able to mirror that to prospects. Very interesting. Okay. Okay. Now, you talk, you've talked about you know, having logos on your website or having customers kind of present. And from our previous conversation, one of the things that you said is at Deputy, nothing ships publicly unless it has a customer in it. So what, how does that work? Tell, tell, let's break that down. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's a hard and fast rule. I'd love to say that every single thing, I'd like to think that. But like this week, for instance, we shipped an amazing video of what we sponsor the San Jose Sharks, an ice hockey team here in the States. And we shipped a video with the Sharks where they used our software, our time scheduling software, our shift scheduling software to highlight players on the ice, right? So that went out. We didn't have a, a customer logo associated, but guess what? There was the San Jose Sharks and best players of the month all associated with it in our software. So that's a win. But for folks that don't have you know good brand plays like that, my my counsel is, you know, don't put a press release out. And again, this is 101 stuff, but it's about marrying marrying these activities. If you're putting out a press release next week, it's nice to have a quote from your CEO. It's nice to have a quote from your product person, but don't put it out without a real quote from a customer that talks or supports your value prop, right? Just don't do it. No one's going to pick up in the media, at least, anything that's interesting if it doesn't have a value piece that's going to talk to a buyer or prospect base. It's self-serving otherwise, right? Don't put out a video that's just about you or that just has dummy footage of something that's not related to the value position of that video, right? Real people, real places, humanize and harmonize your message to the audience by using your customers to be your advocates. That's the simplicity of this. And then start to layer on the channel mix as well, right? So instead of it just being a press release, it's a press release with a video link. It's a blog post with a different po- with a different testimonial, right? The fastest way to resonate is to get somebody else to, to, to talk on your behalf. One of the, I feel like one of the most challenging components in terms of incorporating customers in marketing is, is in the first place, getting that customer to provide feedback or uh, say something good about you. Obviously, you know, you have to have that predetermined factor of having a product market fit and product that works and, and they love it. What are some of the factors that you keep a very close eye on that brings a customer to the top of the list and you're like, we need to get testimonials. We need to do this. We need to do that. How does that work at Deputy in order to collect this, uh, this information in the first place? Yeah, for sure. So, like, there's always going to be the crowd favorites, right? The logos that you just intuitively know, hey, like Gelato Messina, amazing customer of ours. We've grown. They've grown. We've grown together. They continue to grow off the back of, you know, some of the software that we provide them. That's a great example of, like, a known brand. Everyone knows them. You're pretty familiar with them. But outside of those guys, those well-known logos that you just must talk about, 
there's a whole bunch of unwashed masses that become your customers that are really important to you because they've got interesting use cases, right? Oh, they wanted an integration for that? Oh, what? wait, did I hear that right? They chose our software because of this use case? I haven't heard that use case before. That's really interesting. What's the TAM there on that? Can we dig into this a little bit more? So it's about keeping your ear to the ground in as far as your sales cycle is concerned and having a great relationship with sales. I think coming back to product marketing, this concept of PDIs or post-decision interviews, and that's post-decision interviews that relates to closed one. Hey, guess what, team? Thanks, sales guys, for introducing us to this new customer. Why did you choose us? What was the sales cycle like? How can we get better at our sales cycle? What materials were you missing during that sales cycle, right? Building a relationship from the get-go on your closed one is really interesting, right? But similarly, inversely, tackling the closed lost and engaging with those folks and learning, once you've found those closed losts and the reasons why you've lost them, you can go find the closed ones, your customer base, and try and find the antithesis of that where they've chosen you because of it and go and create enablement materials that are off the back of that person's import. And then you can start to say, okay, well, look, we lost because price. How many customers have we got that can talk about pricing? And you could go and create a whole raft of materials to talk about price and why price is interesting. And that's a really bad example, I know, because like, yeah, price is a touchy topic. But it just highlights the fact that you can use negative experiences to research and find and create positive experiences. So I suppose leveraging PMM, making sure that your MSAs and contracts give you the ability to even talk pretty freely with customers about, hey, I created this piece of content about you. I heard through the NPS that you really like this. Stick it on their table and say, hey, guys, sign off on it. Like It's a rare day for someone to not say yes when you make them look awesome, right? So I think... You know, the next logical question is once you've figured out how to select them, it's like, how do you get them to approve it? Well, guess what? Like shorten the amount of efforts that they need to go through. Really reinforce the benefit of your channels for their career. Again, we're not selling to logos here in B2B. We're selling to individuals that have careers on the line, right? You know, it's just earlier today talking to, you know, our head of RevOps why are you choosing that software? Well, I can put my career on it. Like I can bank that this is a good software, right? Versus the other one where it's like, I'm not going to risk my career on that. So, you know, you've got people that are going to want to naturally advocate for things if it's tied to their benefits, right? And this is just natural marketing and sales motions, right? So again, PMM, sales cycles, uh, and CS cycles, as well as like naturally having good MSAs that allow you to act proactively. Right. And CS cycles, you're talking, when you say CS cycles, you really mean like NPS score came out and let's jump on top of this and, and get it. Yeah. Maybe put something in front of them. You mentioned, which was really interesting that you kind of prepare that and put it in front of for signage. Uh, for signature or the alternative might be that you approach them and be like hey we just would love to know if you if you'd be open to giving us a testimonial exactly right i've you know just another another tidbit quickly is we've created a deck 
for our customer success and sales teams to be able to pitch the value props of the different channels that we offer to speak about our customers. Uh, so again, that removes the burden of needing to remember. It's part of our sales deck. It's part of our cycles. Um, so we've really integrated this approach into everything that we do. Love that. So wait, what does that what does that mean? Does that mean like I'm going I'm I'm experiencing sales from Debbie's yep. perspective? I'm a customer, and you're taking me through the slides, and the slides and every use cases has like a case study associated with it. Is that is that what you mean? Like towards close of cycles for bigger deals, it's like here's four slides on how we'd like to work together with you post signature, right? Our marketing team would love to work together with you to create a blog post, um, to create a celebration of one of your internal staff, etc. right? We've got four or five different types of flavors where people can say, I'm all in, I want to do all of these things with you. And it could be, hey, talking with us on a panel at the next show we go to all the way through to, hey, we just want, we need a testimonial. Would you be interested in that? And so we actually enable them with these materials and make it happen as part of their natural motion to mention this, which primes the later conversation. Hey, we spoke about this before. I'd love to introduce you to one of our marketers. They're going to talk to you about these things. Off we go, right? I love that. So you set that expectation before they kind of sign on the dotted line that, hey, these things are coming, are you fine with it? And then yep. the ask becomes so much easier down down the track. I Correct. absolutely love that. That is, that is yeah. genius. We touched on a little bit of the metrics that you look at. Um, you, you talked about the, the, some of the, your own, your own words, fluffy, fluffy metrics for, uh, for product marketers. But what are some of the other metrics that, again, marketers need to think about when they're thinking about CLG? Yeah, look, I think the reality is, is that everything comes back to improved X rates, right? So, you know, look at your baseline right now and then go put out a piece of content that's the same as the baseline but with more of a customer-led story in it and look at the micrometrics or the leading indicators for that piece of content, right? Let's say it's an email cadence. You know, change the subject line to say, I don't know, Gelato Messina, X improvement in Y, right? And see if your open rate by virtue of subject line is better, right? So start to really test all of the micro measures or leading indicators that you can and see where I insert a customer reference or a customer quote or a customer video. Have a look and inspect where all those places are, insert them, and look at the micro measures and leading indicators and see what your uplift is. I guarantee you that you'll start to find improvements pretty quickly. Love it. Do you also have metrics in place for, hey, we need to get X number of testimonials per month, per quarter, or, or, or video testimonials, or case studies, or whatever it is? Do, do you have kind of KPIs on that front as well? Yeah, definitely. So I've got um, measures for the content team to generate N number of customer stories and interviews. And then those are spliced up into different types of materials. The plans as much as humanly possible to go and start with video. Video can be turned into audio, can be turned into stills, can be turned into written testimonials. As an interview, it can be turned into you know interesting quotes. It can be turned into a blog post. So so you know look at the zoom out as far as possible. What's the highest level of content? invariably that's video 
and then use that in a planned way. I'm going to go in and ask these questions. I'm going to go in and, and know that I need these results from this conversation. And then you can come out and say, okay, well, I've got this, 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 and this. I can now repurpose it and translate it. So yeah, the content team definitely do have that. We're pretty spoiled. You know, we've got a pretty fast growing business. So, you know, we've got an NPS channel where, you know, we look in Slack and we say like, oh, that's a great quote. Reach out to them. Hey, how you going? Right. So the guys are constantly you know, moving their finger down the screen. That was my noise. And uh, just checking out to see who's really going to be a good advocate for us. I think the risk for anyone in this situation is, is that, you know, probably five out of 10 customers are still going to have a gripe no matter how awesome they think you are. So making sure that your team are adequately prepared to answer questions and that means it's okay to say, I don't know the answer to that. Let me get back to you. Because what you don't want to do is upset a customer further by saying, yeah, we can do that. I don't know why you can't. And then, you know, really walking yourself down the wrong path, right? Sounds like it's definitely has happened before. Uh, it's definitely an experience from time gone by. But um, yeah, that's a, that's a conversation over beers, I think. <laughs> no, that sounds good. Sounds good. Sorry, you you you're saying, uh, uh, Brett. I cut you off there. No, that's okay. It, look, just just adequately prepare your team, either by taking charge yourself if you're one of the leaders, and actively sitting there and saying, okay, well, if I don't know the answer to this question, that you'll route somebody to the right place for an answer, or by giving the best customer experience possible, taking ownership of that problem and introducing them to the person that can solve the problem for them. All of this is just another measure on customer satisfaction, right? Every touch point is an opportunity to impress. Every touch point is an opportunity for your brand to shine. So don't ruin that by answering questions that you shouldn't answer. Uh, and don't ruin that by making promises on behalf of product or sales or CS that you shouldn't be making. Stick in your swim lane, be polite, be courteous, but don't overcommit anybody, especially yourself. Yeah. Yep. No, that's a great point. Brett, I want to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. But before we kind of dive into that, are there any anything that maybe I didn't touch on you think it's important for us to talk about with regards to customer led growth? Um, look, I think I think just a quick summary. No one's thinking about it in a holistic way. Everything I've said will resonate. So why is it that nobody's doing it? And that's because no one's actually thinking about bundling this up as a tried and tested strategy. So my, my counsel to everybody out there is, is that don't walk away shaking your head saying, you know, this is a no-brainer. Actually, get out there and try it. Test it, right? It is a no-brainer. But guess what? Link it into your strategy and build your strategy around your customers and you'll find benefits. Okay. So the first thing I want to ask you is give me one resource or it could be a couple. It could be a book, it could be a blog, podcast, talk, whatever it is that has had a profound impact on you either personally or professionally? Okay, that's an easy one. There's Marketing by Seth Godin, amazing book, recommend it to everybody. Uh, this is marketing, rather. There's also another book called Play Bigger. If anyone's interested in, in how to establish yourself as a category king, these guys are the, are the book for you, right? Differentiation, category kingmanship, great book. I think on a personal personal basis, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Count of Monte Cristo. It's a story of what not to do, <laughs> um, but still a fantastic <laughs> story. 
you know, prior to going to law school, everyone said, read dense stuff. It's like, why? It's like, because if you can get through the Count of Monte Cristo and enjoy it, you'll be able to get through, you know, N number of case law. It's like, okay, good advice. Thanks. Oh, wow. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. Question number two. If you could give one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? Oh, it's an easy one. I think I shared it earlier. And that is, you're not selling to logos. You're selling to people. Start to look to what your B2C brands are doing and don't be 10 years behind them anymore. Let your marketing be just as C-focused as the B2C companies. Leverage the new technologies. Leverage the opportunities that thinking about a customer being a person represents to your business rather than selling to a logo. Easy one. I love it. Number three, what are some of the influencers that you follow in, in, in this space? Jeez. Again, Seth Godin, guy's a genius. Adam Grant, another genius. I think that, you know, if, if, if I were to take a step back, you know, think about what we do as marketers, we're basically in the business of influencing change, right? So, you know, the, the ways to actually think about influencing change starts with the folks like Yuval Harari, right? Folks that are giving us insights around our evolution as people, why we believe in things, how we believe in things. Uh, you know, even the likes of Malcolm Gladwell, Adam Grant again, like these guys are giving us human-led insights. That's why Don Draper was so awesome. You know, madman. Don Draper was awesome because he found an insight. As corrupt a character he was, he understood his audience, right? And that's, you know, that's why the likes of Yuval Harari, Adam Grant, Malcolm Gladwell are all going to be impactful in your decision-making. I love it. That's, that's, that's awesome. Question number four, last question. What's something that excites you about B2B today? B2C. Controversial. <laughs> yeah, <we're seeing>. Controversial. <laughs> no, that's good. That's, I love that. I love um, that. Yeah. Look, look the, the, you know, every morning, you know, we engage in social in some fashion and we're being bombarded, uh, you know, pick at Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. We're being bombarded by B2C companies that are ingraining themselves in our lives. Why aren't B2B marketers doing that? Why aren't we doing more of that, right? And, you know, there's an amazing initiative going on uh, here at Deputy, uh, and I'm not going to, you know, shout it out too specifically, but, you know, check out our social right now. We're really trying to ingrain ourselves in the lives of our prospects and the lives of our customers. And, you know, that's taking a leaf from B2C's playbook. That's so good. In one 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 word, B2C. I love that. Look, Brett, this has been a awesome conversation. I, I really enjoyed this. I think that you've 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 brought up this this customer led growth model and there's there's just so many interesting points there. And just like you said, a lot of it is like, yeah, it makes sense, but a lot of it is not systematically implemented into into organizations. And that's that's what probably needs to happen more. So I, I really appreciate you coming on the on, on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and, and looking to chat more. A pleasure. Thank you. This episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell. It was edited by Dave Samito with additional editing and music arrangement also by Alexander Hipwell. Special thanks to Tina Wabe and Rod Hoda. We couldn't make this show without you. The show is hosted by Shaheen Hoda. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. And maybe even share the pod with a friend if you loved it that much. 
Public contributions for the state of ABM and APAC report are about to end, so head to xgrowth.com.au forward slash survey to secure your early access. Thanks again for all the support and looking forward to seeing you again in the next one.